Let's do it. Here's the overlay sponsored by Chase Bliss. I stopped trying to sing along with the song because uh yes, yes. <laughs> I stopped trying to sing along with the song because uh I realized in the audio recording that I'm out of sync enough that things that you play on the roadcaster, like I hear them in close enough time that it makes sense, but I don't hear them in close enough time to like by the time it gets to me and I sing back to it, right? It's it's like about a half second off. Hey everyone, I'm Ryan, and I'm Steve, and this is Sixty Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, let's jump into the first ad. Yeah, this first ad was posted in a group called Worship musicians it's a secret group z and it's a sucky 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 awful group full of terrible people and i intentionally tried to get myself banned from there by telling them how awful i thought it was and instead they just muted me for 30 days and that's how they got me now i gotta stick around for 30 days to tell them off again before i quit (laughs) i don't really i don't really understand the dynamic of the group it's it's an odd place it's like trolls that are also transphobic. Is it? Yeah. Is that is it a transphobic group? Yeah. A lot. I guess I I, I guess I have I'm not in I'm there not enough sure if, to pick up on those vibes. I'm not sure if they're doing it as a joke, but you know, it's a it's a secret private group. You can't even search well, for it, I'm sure. It's not secret. Oh, it's not? Go find no, it. Go it's find a public, it. It's a it's a regular group. Is it Oh, so people can search for it. All right, good luck. Go find it. Go tell them what I said about them. They suck. It, I mean, it, I guess it's listed. It's a private group, but it's not a secret group. Okay. So it's searchable. It's searchable. Yeah. Go tell yeah. them. Go tell them that I said they suck. Uh, I know they really <laughs> love the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, I, I was trying to get banned by telling them that the Mandalorian sucks. So, anyways, <laughs> let's talk about this ad. And the Mandalorian does suck. By the way, it's a bad show. It uh, doesn't suck. It's just not as it doesn't. It doesn't live up to the hype. It's no good. Uh, <laughs> uh. All right, this is for forty five hundred dollars. This is in Keller, Texas. It's a complete pedal board. Strymon Schmidt Array Mission Brands. Complete custom pedal board, starting pedals, blah, blah, blah. Schmidt Array board, Boss ES8 switching system. Set up and assembled. By, oh, set up and assembled by Emerson Custom. The good folks up at Emerson Custom. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, an amazing assembly of the world's premier pedals and pedal board. Fully assembled and ready to rock and roll. No waiting for various Strymon pedals to be available. Or the six to eight weeks for a Schmidt Array to be built and shipped. Or for the intricacies of assembly and wiring. I feel like six to eight weeks is really fast for a, something that has to be built and shipped. Yeah. I remember back in the day, if you wanted like a custom pedal board from someone, you were waiting like six to eight months. Yeah, six to eight years. Well, those pedal some those, some people are still waiting. They make those pedal they make those pedal boards in the uh, in the uh, in the grill factory right next door. Do they? Look at them, man! It looks like a barbecue grill. Oh, Ever notice that about yeah, them? They look like that. they look like a Weber like gas grill. These these cases are pretty cool. Anyway, yeah. uh, this includes a Strymon Sunset, Strymon Riverside, Strymon Obi Wan. Uh, this uh, has the uh, the Holy Trinity, the timeline, the Mobius, the Big Sky. Is that the Holy Trinity of Strymon? I'm not yes, sure. Yes, something like that. Um, the Strymon Ojai for it has two Strymon Ojais 
her power supplies, a boss ES8. Um, uh, Ernie Ball, Ernie Ball VP Junior with a Pro Volume and Tuner mod. That's the is that the uh, Chernobyl Tone mod? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a Mission Engineering EP1, Mission Engineering Expressionator, Exotic EP Booster. I mean, we can look at the pictures. Yeah, uh, basically, it's a lot um, of very stereotypical uh, praise and worship type stuff. Like this is like you can pull up this picture and be like. Oh, here's an example of a praise and worship board. Here you go. Yeah, and you know, it, this is just—it's a big board. It's a big board. It's a Let's lot read of that story. It's a lot of story. A lot of Strymon and a lot of like controllers. Yeah. Uh, so they're saying that this has a value of sixty-two hundred. They're asking forty-five hundred. Uh, we had this pedal board professionally assembled slash built for my son, who was asked to join a praise and worship team. He made the de- the decision that he needed to finish his degree first, which I support. So this board has been built but not used and is practically brand new. Uh, we're selling as we need to use the funds to help support his final year of school. All components were purchased new. It was wired and assembled by the professionals at Emerson Custom and Barnett Music of Tulsa. Both the mission uh, and the uh, expression pedal and expression air arrived after the build and are not currently connected, so you can hook it up as needed. But the expression air allows you to utilize the expression pedal abilities of three different pedals. God, this is I do have the boxes for all the Strymon pedals and the ES8. There are a few scuffs on the Schmidt on the lid of the Schmidt array that occurred during transit from overseas, but they're cosmetic and can be seen in the listing. Um, they're also considering selling the Schmidt array ES8 and wiring as a shell separately and keeping the pedals. So if, he's saying basically, if you want the pedal board and the switcher, he will sell you that and keep all the Strymons. Um. I don't think anyone in the group was like uppity about the price. No, because I mean, it's all you know. That's all stuff that adds up. Like you know, the price. It was is just. Price. It was just more like, oh, this is. Oh my gosh, I did not realize what was going on on the left hand side of the bottom right picture. Yeah, there's a there's a clon sitting there. There's, uh, I think, two clons sitting there. Yeah, you know, stereo clons. Uh, yeah, I and a magnetone. Like the every amp in this picture, there's not a single amp in any of these photos that's less than two thousand dollars. Right, right. Like um, brand new. Is 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 sitting in a room just full of boutique stuff? And I think people were dogging on this or had the instinct to dog on this because, like, oh, you bought, you put together a pedal board for your kid, kid's first pedal board, huh? And now you're just going to sell it because oh, he didn't use it. Daddy's little angel didn't use a pedal board uh, that you spent ten grand on or whatever. And it's like clearly the dad already has a gear thing going on. Like yeah. this isn't like a, a situation where the dad's like, "Oh, you want to play on the church's worship team? Well, let's dig deep into Daddy Warbox's pockets here and go down to the store and and see what uh, you know, see what people recommend for a normal praise and worship board." And ten thousand dollars later comes home with a monstrosity that they paid someone to put together. No, the dad already clearly has a gear addiction and the funds to make it a reality. Uh, he has got high in stuff in there. So yeah. it's kind of like, I get it, I guess, which sounds weird. Cause I shouldn't get it. Like this seems over the top. It, you know, the, and you know, the, com- the comment that I made on it, and people are just like, mm, you know, it's a joke, whatever. Everything's a joke in there. Uh, but it's like, if you look at this from the perspective of, like, there's no other gear. Your kid is just a, a guitar player and you don't know any better. And you just, like, you're writing checks. 
then yeah, this is like stupid. Right. But but th- I look at this from the perspective of like, um, you know, the comment that I made on it was, uh, if your kid wants a pedal board, like I'm not going to be like, oh, here's a first act and a DS one. Like I'm going to set them up with like some decent stuff. You're talking about least. you. Yeah. Cause like from my perspective, if my kid one day was like, dad, can I have a pedal board? And so I can learn to play guitar. I'd be like, well, yeah, let's, uh, let's raid the cupboards over here. I've got lots of stuff. I think that might be what's going on here. Like the dad is already excited to do this sort of stuff. He already has this sort of stuff around. Yeah. It's his hobby already. And so, yeah, of course he's going to go full, full tilt on it. He's going to go full extreme. Uh, I get it as a dad. I get it. You want to love your kids, especially when they're, you know, their interests slightly align with your own for a brief moment. And you have an opportunity to pour out the thing you love onto the person that you love, you know, but it, you know, to everyone else in the world, it's got to seem pretty bonkers. Yeah. Well, even like, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe I should have been not offended. Isn't the right, right word. Like, like, I feel like I, if this would have just popped up, I would have been like, whatever. But like I said, you slow down, you look at everything else that's going on and you're like, this dude has the, apparently he has the resources. Yeah. Um, so I don't know who cares, whatever. You know what? He's buying all that stuff. He's putting braces on teeth for, for builders, you know, he's putting, <laughs> he's true. putting braces that's on true. builders, kids teeth with this stuff. He's, he also is, you know, recognizing that he's not going to get new value for all of this. And he's, you know, this yeah. is priced down like uh, a pretty good chunk. Not like completely down, but right, it's down like fifteen hundred. I did wonder about this. Like Danny Lamb mentioned, you know, how many of these were already, how like how many of these pedals were like used that like he was just like, oh yeah, I got this to check it out, and I'm not really using it. Sure, sure. You know, he said he had boxes for some of it, but um, I don't, I don't think he explicitly said everything was brand like all the pedals were brand new. Just yeah. that the board, the full board assembly was new. I mean, we have to be oh, honest. No, he does though. say everything that went into this build was brand new. So, yeah, we, we have to be honest. I mean, it does look like a joke board that was put together to troll, you know, oh, yeah. praise and worship groups. Like, it's all Strymon with a fancy looper and, you know, the most expensive volume and expression pedals you can get. Well, are those mission pedals expensive? I don't remember. But I don't know, but they're definitely like considered a higher end. Yeah, but it's like two Strymon drives, Timeline, Big Sky, Mobius. Uh, I think that's the Ojai up there, which is the uh, – is that a compressor? I forget what the Ojai is. The okay. orange one? Yeah. That's an OB-1. That's OB-1. Compressor. Yeah. How is that different from the compadre that I have? They have two compressors? Um, I don't know. Huh. Whatever. <laughs> I Yeah, once I thought about it for five minutes – or five seconds, however amount of time I thought about it. I was like, I don't care. These people can do whatever they want. Good for them. They've got money. The difference <laughs> is that the OB-1 is no longer a pedal that they make. Oh, well, there you go. They they phased it out. So how are um, you doing, man? What's new? What is new? Well, did we talk about where I'm going to finish off this brownie, the last yeah. one that I had. I'm, I'm um, half an hour deep into this already or 40 yeah. minutes or so. And I'm not feeling anything yet. That you know of. Yeah, maybe I just... Maybe the problem is I already feel high all the time. 
At what point should I double up? <laughs> um, I, well, the things I was reading was saying that you shouldn't double up within two hours. Wow. Okay. So you should wait at least two hours. Um, I got a couple what's news. Uh, my first what's new is, and I talked about this, I think, last week. I did get to record. Uh, we did another round of the uh, remote recording for church. Uh-huh. Home recording. So I did that. I used the... Um, finally got some really good use out of this Yamaha uh, AGO3 mixing cool. console that one of our listeners sent to us. Really, like, in the first couple years we were wow. doing this. Was there a reason they uh, sent it to us? Just to check it out? Or... Because we just needed it? had a bunch of stuff that he wasn't using. Oh, He's, wow. It's the same guy who sent us all those picks. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so I got to use that, and I, and I used this camera, and um, it's kind of a, a weird um, thing because you know when I'm recording, I'm listening to the reference track, but I'm only recording electric guitar. So then when I go and watch the video. Uh, it's like the riff that you know, if you're familiar with the song, for like at least one of the songs, it's like it's the riff that you know. And then it's uh, it's uh, like just noodling for the next two minutes and then the riff that you know again. So it's just like, okay. Uh, it just sounds like nonsense, but I'm sure when it's all patched together, it'll make sense. I also kind of just treated it like it was live. So I just... I practiced uh, like all the songs a couple times and then I just did one like 20 minute video. And if I made a mistake, unless it was just brutal, I just kept going. Mm. I was like, I was like, ah, this might sound bad, but I think once everything la- is layered in, it's, it's not going to matter. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's one of my what's news. Uh, the other what's new I have is probably the same what's new for I think a lot of people this week is I'm just going to go out and say the new Taylor Swift album is Straight Fire. I didn't even know there was a new Taylor Swift album. Yeah, Maybe that's a, what I, we should have reviewed. The way, I descri- the way I described it is it's not the album. Uh, it's not the album we want, but you it's just the album into that a robot we need. On me. You're, you're stalled out. That is strange. You're completely frozen on my side. I hear your voice. Are you there? I am here. All right. You want to finish your what's new? <laughs> I guess. Where were um, you? I was just going to say, I've been, I've been listening to the uh, the new Taylor Swift album, and I think it's really good. Oh, yeah. And, that, Taylor Swift. You were saying that uh, it's not the album that we, and then you robot it. Like, well, so I've been hearing people say like, oh, it was better when she was like not political and it was better than when she was this and that. And it's like, she's like 30 years old. Like, why do you still want to listen to a music made by a 16 year old? Like, what's wrong with you? These are grown men. It's like, let artists evolve. <laughs> right, right. Like, also, but the other thing I was going to say is it's just a very like low key, like it's a very... It feels like the kind of album that you would expect, and like a artist who has country, like country or pop country roots, to make during a quarantine. Sure. Did she make it during quarantine? Is it a recent project, or has she been sitting on it for a while? Um. So her last album came out like late last year. This one just came out of nowhere. Uh, People didn't. It just dropped. Mm. It just like. 
dropped all of a sudden and people were like, oh, here's this thing. It, was yeah, it says it was album. written and recorded in isolation huh. during COVID-19, supposedly. So, yeah. I mean, you can't, like, go to shows, right? You can't go on tour. Might as well record. So She's probably got all the equipment she needs at home. She's probably got a big old studio in one of her mansions somewhere or something. Um, yep. My what's new is, uh, I don't know if anyone's noticed or cares. Maybe they don't, and I've just been killing myself for no reason all these years and months is I've only published one demo this week and it's Thursday. The last time I published a video was Friday. I think last week before, before the one that I published yesterday, I've just had a bunch of hiccups in my scheduling and the videos I'm working on require multiple days of work to do it. Um, and so I'm kind of stuck in limbo with a few of them. Um, but today I did film a actual demo, not an unboxing, like first impressions thing, but an actual demo demo of the two notes cab M and it it was a difficult birth. You know, there's a lot to unpack here and I've just had to keep going back and revisiting uh, the video and reshooting it to make sure I covered everything that it can do. But I, I'm pretty stoked on this thing. It's a Swiss army knife for sure. And I uh, I wish that I could go and use it live at church because this is uh, quite the unit. Uh, it can easily replace, you know, the Iridium or an HX Stomp as, uh, you know, an amp and cab sim sort of thing. And I like to get you like studio sounds. And it's got XLR, XLR out the side. Michael uh, Krause says... Of pe- I know a lot of people love those. Yeah. Um, Michael Krause says he's missed the videos this week. So someone noticed... Thank goodness. <laughs> I haven't just been wasting my time. But yeah, they did an update on it. They did a version 5 update, and that introduced okay. a, uh, a preamp and a power amp. Uh, and that allows you to dial in some clean amp sounds with different tube models and whatnot. And so it can, you know, it can be a complete standalone sort of deal now, which uh, I think is cool. That sounds that, great. Are you going to put it, use it on your board? What's your current? Oh, well, you, you use the uh, Stomp, right? Well, I've been using the Iridium for a while. The Iridium. And yeah. I like I like the Iridium because it's dead simple. And it's just like, oh, there's you know amp controls there. And yeah, I can have a preset, but I always just kind of like, oh, I, I'll just switch this as I want it. But the uh, you know the two notes thing, it's not, it doesn't even have foot switches. It's definitely built around just selecting your preset that you spent a lot of time working on. And uh, making small tweaks here and there as you need it. It's it's meant to just sit there and, and do its job. It's not meant to be an interactive sort of pedal like uh, the uh, Iridium or even the HX Stomp um, where there's foot switches and whatnot. I'm, I'm wondering if I'm starting to feel something. My head feels a little... <laughs> no, my head feels like a little achy. But that that's about it. I'm going to stand up again. This is know. riveting. All right, uh, I'm, so I'm, if that's your what's new and my what's new, that means this is a part of the show where we talk about Chase Bliss Audio. Aw, uh, damn. There they are, Chase Bliss Audio. Sponsor that's card. our uh, sponsor for this week, Chase Bliss Audio. They make a bunch of great pedals, including one that Ryan is working on, uh, demoing sometime yeah. soon, the Automatone. Automatone. I think that'll be the next... Uh, real demo I start working on. I've got a pile of them now because, uh, you know, this is a time when NAM would usually happen. The automatone. It's just this ridiculous 
robotic masterpiece. These sliders will move on their own when it's uh, powered up and I go through presets. I've been watching yeah. videos from like Henning Pauly and other people who get these, who have all kinds of MIDI controllers and, you know, fancy little boxes and they can like animate these to be constantly in motion doing like, you know, ramping modulation and effects and stuff like that. I really doubt I'm going to figure out a way to do that. I'm just going to be, you know, your simple layman with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and scroll through presets and, you know, show off the sounds it can do. Uh, but, man, it's pretty wild what you can do with these things. Um, I looked up automatone, and unfortunately, Google wants me to look at automatones. Mm-hmm. The, the little thing. Um, I want to, if you can't figure that thing out, just send it over here. Just send it over here. <laughs> No, I know I can figure it out. It's just I always feel self-conscious that I'm not, uh, you know, pushing Chase Bliss stuff to its full potential mm. because the potential ceiling on Chase Bliss pedals is ridiculously high, and I can't climb the ladder that high. So what I'm trying to say is... You can do it, Ryan. Believe in yourself. For pedals more creative than you are, with an analog brain and a digital heart... That's, that's wrong. With an analog heart and a digital brain... Digital brain, analog heart. There you go. Company Ma that makes pedals more creative than you are. Chase Plus Audio, thanks for sponsoring this show. <laughs> All right, this first topic was sent in by Jason Fussmonger. Uh, he says, what are your favorite colors that aren't on more guitars? Mm. And we could do the inverse of this. What is your least favorite color that's on too many guitars? Um so do you want to do favorite or least favorite first? Let's start then? with favorite. Let's start with a positive and then go very negative. <laughs> um, I would say for me, it's probably maybe orange. You don't see enough orange guitars. It is kind I, of a rare color for a guitar. I think there could be more orange. I, I see a lot of orange in like custom colors. Oh, there's a color. I would say... Um, uh, the, the new, only six um, colors, equits you that, can do it. that the new equits that Brian from the tone jerks just got. Have you seen that one? Uh, I don't remember. What does it look like? It's purple. Okay. But it's like, um, yeah, there's not enough purple guitars. That's for sure. It's like light purple. It's like lavender. Oh, wow. Like a, like a violet, like lavender, lavender. Emphasis like, on the lavender. Yeah, it's like really light purple. Hmm, I'll have to look that up, I guess. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I would say that's that's a color I would be down to see more of for sure. Because that's mm. a color that, like, I think you... I. It's almost like that Joker purple. Oh, okay, sure, sure. Like, the, you know, cool. it's that really light purple. It's like, like a pastel. A like a taffy. Like if Laffy yeah. Taffy was purple, that's the color it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Easter. Emily yeah. says it's like Easter. It's like an Easter purple. Yeah, Easter yeah. guitar. I think that's like a cool... I think that's a color that like I, I could definitely see it on more guitars. Yeah. It looks really cool on that one. What about you? I just want to see a lot more metal flake uh, in all... Like kind the of, real thick? Yeah, the heavy hot rod metal flake, like the bass boat mm. metal flake. Uh, and you know, in most colors, I want to see it in most colors. I don't want to see it in all colors. I feel like black metal flake is always a waste. Why, why did you do the, that? The one that I have, I, we, and we 
butt heads on this before. At, I think I was at Nam. There was a silver metal flake mm. that some stand had, and silver metal flake to me is just like I don't. I'm like, what's the point of this? I don't get it. Uh, sometimes I like silver metal flake, but usually I prefer to go for a gold. Yeah. Um, or any, like, any color, really. I really like that uh, orangey copper metal flake that you did. I thought... On the Strat? Know, yeah. Oh, well, I'll, I might have a few chips of it left around the garage. I'll, I'll give <laughs> Well, I don't want it. I'm just saying, like, I, that's a, I thought that was a really cool look. Yeah. I want to do uh, some more metal flake stuff. I did that, that uh, 2K clear spray on the Strat refrain for the, uh, the nail polish. And yeah. I, that opens up a lot of possibilities to do much better metal flakes mm. and much faster too, because it, it chemically hardens instead oh, gotcha. of, instead of air drying and you can sand it same day. Sometimes that's how, oh, wow. that's how fast it dries. It's, it's wild. Um, so yeah, I've got some plans for the future. It's expensive though. It's like 20 bucks a can for that, for that stuff. And it's super dangerous. It might kill me. Uh, <laughs> Is it like, flammable or no i think it's like cancer dangerous oh is it be, is it the, because of the cure it's probably because of the it the might be because the, curing. the fast curing it's a it's the catalyst sort of situation yeah. so we watch speaking of catalysts we watched a video it's not a catalyst um but uh we've been looking at refinishing our dinner table ah so we watched a video of this guy of like how to refinish a dinner table and the first thing he did was like dump a bucket of chemical stripper on the top of it and Melissa was like, can we do this? And I was like, I was just right away. I was like, no, no, no we, we can't. can't. We can't do that. It's <laughs> like, you need a garage and a ventilator or an outdoor space. Like as soon yeah. as you put that stuff on there, it's going to turn the top to rubber. Yeah. Um, but I want to see, I want to see more experimenting with metal flakes, like bursts over metal flake. Ooh. I want to see, okay. you know, like, like stenciled out patterns and metal flakes and stuff like that. I want to see that happened more often because it's so stunning. I know it kind of like it flies in the face of, you know, a lot of the trends there are these days mm -hmm. for like stuff that will relic really easy. And so it's really thin skinned and you can't really do a metal flake that thin. Cause you got to have a lot of clear to lock up all the glitter and stuff. Um, yeah. So I, do, I feel like we're not seeing a lot of that and it's probably way too flashy for most people. But I feel like if you're going to play electric guitar, you might as well be flashy. Might as well be fun. When I was a kid and I would think about, you know, if I was drawing with crayons, like someone playing electric guitar is always someone playing some sort of pointy, bright red monstrosity. You know, you need them to be bright. That's mm -hmm. like the primal thing with an electric guitar. So I, okay. So now let's, let's go over to the inverse. Hold, hold on real quick. You're familiar with the color, the color British racing green. Yes. Here's what I want on your metal going off your metal flake thing is a um a fender offset British racing green with a silver metal flake racing stripes. Mm, yeah. Just a pair of metal flake stripes, you know, on the butt end of the body yeah, and yeah. everything else British racing green. Someone just added if we if he did four marijuanas. I I just did the one. I don't know how many the four <laughs> sounds like too much. Uh, Steve and I both, uh, we went to the same dispensary today and got the same product and both partook just before pressing record. Um, I feel, I feel fine. I don't know. I don't think I feel anything yet. And it's been a, a solid hour now. So I don't know. Maybe it'll hit. So anyway, what's your least show. favorite color, Ryan? <laughs> okay. The inverse being, um, 
what colors do you want to see happen less on guitars, like less frequently? Like my my top votes right off the bat are black with a white pit guard and any kind of medium to dark blue, especially if there's some sort of flame or quilt involved or something like that. Uh, I don't want any blues darker than like a sonic blue or like uh, like your shirt. I don't want any blues darker than your shirt right now. This is like a teal shirt. I know that's what I'm saying. I don't want them to get any more blue than that. They can get I would say the, lighter I would than say that. The bluest I'm down with is um is maybe like the classic Fender Lake Placid blue. Yeah, um, it's kind of like a misty metal flake. I don't even want that. Well, what I, I was going to say is the color that like irks me is I think it's called midnight blue. Yeah. Um it's whatever the guitar like I think it's that color is the one that um I just associate heavily with um yeah, I don't know if that's officially what this color is called, but it's this very like dark medium medium to slightly dark medium blue that was on every Fender Squire bullet oh, yeah, yeah. and affinity strat from like the late nineties where it's like you'd have to play like 10 or 15 of them to find one good one. Mm. And when you'd find them in stores, they're just like, just always covered in gunk because it was every 13 year old's first guitar. Yeah, They're just, it's, I, that's my easily, easily my least favorite guitar color. Yeah. Followed not too far behind by the color that your Mahar was supposed to be. Oh, really? <laughs> that like weird, like, it's just I think it's those very medium colors that were kind of part of that early Fender ca- like color catalog where right. it's just like white. Now I think Olympic white is interesting like later like after a few years but I think like Olympic white it really depends on everything else around it like just a bright white on top of white is boring but you put a mint green pickguard on Olympic white Okay. And it gets classy real quick, you know. I think I think white is interesting because it is bright and it will pop on stage, which is what I like. That's why I don't like black. And blue just kind of gets boring and bland and, and lost to me. Yeah. Um, like it blends into the background like your blue jeans do. Like blue doesn't stick out the way people think it does. Um, but, yeah, I, I, because, I, I'm surprised I don't have a white guitar. I don't have yeah. a white guitar, right? You know, going. Oh, and, I have a know, Harley. Some, I have a Harley Benton Mustang style thing that's white. And white. Um, you know, depending on. Um, def, again, I, I wonder how much of it is quality of finish, and like you said, the parts around it. Because again, like that Dakota red is another color. Where I'm just like, I hate this color. Right. I usually hate metallic red because that's another one of those ones that, like, oh, every three hundred dollar guitar for 15 years came out in metallic red and metallic blue and then black. Right. Those are the three colors um, just because they're the most popular or whatever. But I actually really like the metallic red finish on my Jaguar and it might just because it's, it's beat up. (laughs) It is a, it's, you know, an an eighties poly finish, but it's got plenty of dings and wear on it and it doesn't feel like the cheap version of that for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. And it might just because it's a Jaguar and, you know, freaking red Jaguar. Well, that's a really, I really like that red. It's like that yeah. polar red or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. I like that walnut thing right here, that that base. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's I got so, another red guitar. Like, I'm not yeah. anti-medium reds. 
that I have the Fiesta red and then the Telecaster that I have is very medium red. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that it is kind of beat up and it's the front of it's a matted finish. Anyone who's tuning into this just curious to be like, oh, what's a guitar podcast like? I don't like guitars, but what are guitar people talking about? And then they tune in or just, I don't really like this kind of blue. (laughs) 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 It seems kind of very boring compared to what people might expect from guitar uh, conversation. For for better or worse, people do um, talk about uh, colors. You know, they talk about... Color is like one of the the, most important options on the guitar, in my opinion. Like, I don't, you know, when I ordered my my Hallmark Swiftwing, they were all out of gold sparkle, but they had silver sparkle. I'd been dreaming about this guitar for years when I finally pulled Mm -hmm. the trigger. I was like, nah, I'll wait for the gold sparkle. (laughs) I ended up waiting like seven months for the gold sparkles to come back in. And to me, it was worth it. You know? Yeah. No, it's... uh... That's a really cool looking guitar. Yeah, well, I think so. I, I just don't know. I don't, you know, color, color, colors. Yeah, colors, Steve. Every joke I want to make is just really awkward. I was going to go back to know. You know, the, the idea that like guitar players, like if you go to like the classic groups, the, the you know, one of the great uh, in terms of notoriety jokes is you know oh i buy all of my guitars the same color so my wife can't tell the difference you know so people do think about colors (laughs) and designs and all kinds of other things you know a guitar is a stage prop as much as it is you know a technical instrument you know yes it is a technical instrument used to uh, play technical parts and have a technical response as you play it. But it's supposed to be a stage prop, too. It's supposed to match your look. If your look is colorful, if your look is a certain kind of color scheme, then, yeah, it totally matters. You know? you got to color coordinate to your spandex pants and your, you know, your uh, crimped out blonde bleached hair for your hair metal act. <laughs> you can't just have, like, a random, like, boring blue guitar in your metal band you either yeah. you either are playing black guitars in your metal band or you're playing neon pink like there's nothing in between <laughs> it's true it's true yep can you imagine if uh you know instead of uh red special brian may just played like the blue special or yeah. the neon green special or the brown special <laughs> <laughs> The brown special is that, uh, that's that Eric Clapton tone. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> oh, gosh. I forgot about that. All right. You got anything else on colors? Green is another. I, you know, I painted my strat like margarita green. It looks a little gold in some videos, but it is definitely absolutely green. Uh, and there was that green guitar I fell in love with at Nam from um, Diamond Guitars or whatever. That, yeah. That metal flick green. I want more of those greens. Usually when you see green, it's the uh, the British racing green or, you know, or into sea foams. You don't see a lot of just like candy apple green. And I want more of that. I want to do that. I want something candy apple metal flake, like big flake green. <laughs> so there's, there's my piece on that. <laughs> Next right. ad. Uh, yeah, this next ad was sent by Daniel Asporma. It's a carbon... Uh, DBS 98B double neck bass guitar and guitar with Bigsby natural. 
So short scale bass, both bass and guitar have separate wiring circuits so you can plug each one into its own channel or separate amps. Very good original condition, weighs about 11.6 pounds. What do you think of these? I've 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 been on the lookout for vintage carvings for a number of years now, ever since Is this we- do you think this is actually 70s? This, I actually would have thought this would be older. I do, and I'm going to show you why in a second. Uh, ever We discovered a website that was like a back catalog of all the carvings yeah. going back until like the 40s. That's how far back carving goes, I think. Um, mm-hmm. they, they're a San Diego bait. Well, they don't really exist that much right now. A little bit. They exist a little bit, but they've morphed into Kiesel. Carving yeah. became Kiesel. Uh, they were in L.A. before they were in San Diego back in the day, mm-hmm. and they made instruments that looked like this, like really wonky, their own shape with, strangely, they decided to go for a Strat-style headstock, but they would have really cool pickups, and they'd have real deal Bixby's on them. Uh, here's yeah. here's a, a better shot of it. I'll zoom in on the headstock. Yeah, I don't think I realized that the branding was on the headstock, which is why I thought it was older. How do I deselect? There we go. Here, look at the logo. That's not 60s. That's the 70s yeah. logo. Yeah. So they were still, you know, they're still making the style of guitars that they were known for at that point. Mm-hmm. But I bet this was probably one of the last years that you saw something like this come from Carvin with that logo. I bet it morphed into more like the uh, the modified strats and, and kind of like multi-stripe guitars and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Pretty I'm quick. looking at... How much do they want for this? Oh, that's a good question. I think it was like two grand. Two grand. Yeah, yeah, two grand. Plus sixty nine dollars. Because it looks like these shipping. guitars were like uh, two hundred and fifty dollars new. Yeah. Well, you're probably looking at a catalog from seventy two, seventy one, or something like that. Yeah. This is uh the this is the the double neck twelve six was um with Bigsby was $280 in 1972. Yeah. So uh, I got to play an older Carvin. They didn't... Uh, actually, the one I played didn't even have this logo yet, so maybe it was older than this. It had mm-hmm. the old uh, metal stamp. Like, they would put this actual little metal plate that said Carvin oh, on it cool. for the headstock. But same headstock shape, but it was a Strat shape, but with the pickups that are in this thing... I forget what those mm-hmm. are called. Some people really, really like these pickups and get like clones of them made. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I think uh, I can't remember the guy. Oh, no- Novak, Curtis Novak makes, oh, okay. a, makes yeah. a clone of them. Uh, so it had these pickups, but then it had this like this Gretschy style bridge and the Bigsby, probably the exact same run of Bigsby that's on this thing. Mm-hmm. And I hate the mouse I'm using. Um, <laughs> I wish I had bought that guitar. It was at Freedom Guitars. Um, uh, Jason Lee from Jason Lee and the Riptides gave me a tip on it. He's like, oh, you got to go check out this Carvin that's at Freedom. And he told me something like, oh, if if you offer them 500, they're going to take it. But they have li- it listed for like 700 right now. And I yeah. spent a lot of time looking at that guitar. The, the Bigsby on it was the best I've ever touched in my life. The pickup sounded really cool. Um, I just, I passed on it because they had a bunch of big, dumb dings in it. And one mm-hmm. of the dings had like a screw broken off in it, which was 
bizarre. Like wh- who screwed something into this guitar and then broke <laughs> and then broke off the screw and left it in the body. So like really weird cosmetic things. But damn, if, if I could go back in time, I would have bought it for sure because it was such a cool playing guitar. And it had that original real deal Bigsby on it. It just had yeah. so much mojo. But man, these these old carvings, I just think they're so cool. Because they're different, you know? They 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 did they, they hadn't morphed into the seventies super strat, um, you know, high performance mail order catalog kit guitar yet, you know. Right. Everything looks like they were. I mean, even some of the ones in this catalog, it's obvious what they're nodding towards, but it's not. I think it gets. They were going like, very into country. The 80s, it's a lot more of direct. The original Carvin guitars were very countryish and very kind of yeah. like they were probably trying to cater to the Bakersfield sound and whatnot, and try to be another uh, uh, uh you know. Which I mean, being in LA, like that kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, the site you, I think you were referencing earlier is carvinmuseum.com, which is a really, I really, uh, I forgot about this site. I spent, uh, I it's, spent like a full week going through this site, I think back in the day. Oh yeah. When no, I, I looked through it all because it, it. it's super cool. And it's, I, there's shapes in there that I had never seen before. Uh, yeah. I've known people who work at Kiesel and every time mm-hmm. I talk to them, I'm like, man, you guys got to bring back some of these old shapes. Cause there's some really fun ones in there. Every once in a while, they they do. Um, I want to do I, something as a throwback. Yeah, I'd 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 be down if they had a throwback model that references one of these uh, old funky guitars they used to make, especially if they could remake the pickups and yeah. you know just the whole vibe. You know, I I wish Kiesel would lean harder into a vintage take on things. But you know, I, they have their audience. They have their market. They, they're just they, gonna keep they, doing. They're doing the super shiny thing. They're doing. They're gonna keep doing flamey, genty stuff. You know, and that's yeah. that's fine. They've got to make stuff for the Steve Terryberries of the world. You can why? I mean, there's no reason they couldn't go in both directions at once. I know, I think, right? I know. You know, they've kind of built this modern reputation of you know insane i remember you know they were for a while they were like the the go to for insane uh, quilt top. They guitars. still are, but it's like I, I at that time I think they were like they were like the premier. There's some other companies that I think kind of do it better now, but yeah. I can hear your kids are having a great time, aren't they? Yeah, is it bedtime yeah. over meltdown. there? Ah, Apparently, it's a, a meltdown time of night. <laughs> First, your Wi-Fi goes, and then your kids meltdown. I know. Welcome it's to insane podcast in life. <laughs> I think, you All know, right. I've, I'm going to, you know, uh, marijuana check-in. How are you feeling? Normal. You feel normal? Well, yeah. you t- you did half your dose later than me. I think I'm getting there. I think, I, I think I'm experiencing this. Oh, I'll take down the ad here. Um, I feel a little, I guess what I describe as buzzy. The headache has turned into more of like that throb. I have a desire to touch my face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. You guys tell me if you think I'm high, if I'm acting different. I feel, I just feel a little uh, like buzzy when you, you know, have, you, when you're a little tipsy, but it's a little different than from, from being drunk, I guess. I don't know. I'm just waiting to go into full blown paranoia. <laughs> Steve is going to be curled up in the corner by the end of this. Going to hit him Ugh. hard all at once. All right, so, uh, man, let's do some stretches. Get ready. I know. 
crack that that back. And because uh, I, reco- I recorded all day, I I can't, or I recorded for or was working on recording for like a couple hours this morning. Uh, I can't. I'm coming into this with my back unhappy uh, uh, with my choices. By recording, you mean what? the the set my church set list. This oh, morning. that's right. I thought you were like, using recording to describe a work thing. All right, we're going to no. talk about Santana Supernatural. This is our album this week. Yeah, you picked this album. I don't know why it just popped in my head. It's like, what's like a thing we could cover that everyone knows? And this is like the first thing that popped in. So what's interesting about it is um, I, you know, my thought is that I only know new two songs off this album. Um, Smooth, of course. Of course. Um, and Maria Maria. And Maria Maria. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'd ever heard any of the other songs at all, which is kind of crazy. Considering how huge this album was, I think those two songs just felt like that's all we needed. <laughs> it scratched the itch we all had. I mean, I, I think there were other, there was like one or two other singles off this album besides those two. Um, But I'm not sure uh, if they really got any airplay. One, two, three, four. They actually re- released like six singles off this album, um, and then their next album, I I feel like only had, um, oh, I guess two singles off the next one, which was also like a lot of pop. Uh, the thing that was interesting to me about this album was, I don't know. I was listening to you know I got in once I got past. The halfway mark on this album, all I could think was I'd rather be listening to the 1999 Grammy Award-winning hit Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20 off the multi-platinum album Supernatural. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked that they had all of that hidden so deep in the album. Like, I was expecting that to be... When it wasn't first track, I was like, okay, all right, you hide your secrets. <laughs> when it wasn't second track, I was like... I'm shocked right now. I'm blown away that it is not the Selkit. Okay. Not the second track on the album. Yeah, use it your just words. Hit, it just hit me. I mean, it was the they're the fifth and seventh tracks on this album. Uh, I really liked, actually really liked the first song, um, I've always, I guess, no, like I've heard Santana reference to as like, oh, it's actually, you know, it's always like, well, what the, what the hell is this? Right. Like I don't, um, and right. I guess on the, on the Wikipedia page for this album, it says it refers to it as Latin rock, but you know, I've also, yeah, Latin rock. I know he gets thrown in and like world music. Um, uh, I felt like listening to the full album, uh, meant that um, we're hearing more than uh, than the one style of guitar that Santana's famous for. Did you hear more than one style in this album? I thought there was more than one style. <laughs> I was my- surprised. Actually, like I don't for some reason in my head, like I don't think of Santana as like a wah guy. So every time there was wah, I was like, okay. So oh. there, there's two confirmed styles. In this album, there's regular poke Santana with a stick and he starts playing style. And then there's Santana has a wah pedal style. 
I guess. Um, most of all, I think this album just made me think of being on an elevator for an hour. <laughs> like it, it, yeah. it really made me think I need to visit my dentist. I think the, the thing I've been thinking about coming up to this album is not so much like the musical quality of it or, yeah. you know, how big the songs were. Well, no, it is about how big the songs are. Uh, this album like feels like it was cooked up by a time traveler. It hit, it's just, just such the perfect connecting point between generations and trends and, you know, who was popular at the time. Like this seems like it was grown in a lab. It's so perfect for that moment. Like connecting the still middle-aged, not quite senior citizen boomers still grasping Mm -hmm. for anything to enjoy in popular culture through the nineties. Yeah. And And then they get, they get, they get, they get hit with a nostalgia case like Santana. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, you throw in a bunch of contemporary of the time musicians like Everlast. <laughs> right. Um, that one was one where like, I was like, there's a, there, there's a couple, uh, Everlast and the Eagle Eye Cherry, uh, the, those two tracks. I was like, these are, these play to the strengths of their, um, they play to the strengths of their, uh, the genre of that those singers fit in. Right. Um, you didn't let me finish my point. The third thing, the thing, third thing that made this huge. How many things? Uh, uh, it hit like right in peak, like, like everyone loves Latin stuff, like Latin American stuff. Like you got mm-hmm. your Ricky Martins, your uh, what was the other guy with the mole? Oh, Enrique uh, Iglesias uh, and uh, yeah, but, Iglesias. Yeah, but you had a lot of that going on in culture, and then this hits at the same time. Bridging together, I found it. I've come back around. Bridging together this classic rock boomer mentality mm-hmm. with current artists that can make it onto the radio, onto a, a variety of stations, by the way, mm-hmm. because this can go on alt rock, this can go on right. pop, this can go on hip hop stations with some of the more, uh, you know, kind of hip hop sounding and funky sounding tracks. Uh, mm-hmm. It traveled and it was huge. It was, this album was ridiculously huge. Like, I, you were younger than me. I was. In no, 19- I remember how I remember yeah. this album. I mean, it, it's not. You couldn't get away the, from uh, it. It is not lost on me. Right. I just think it's interesting, like how perfectly it hit. Like it, if it had been off like a year, it wouldn't have hit the way that it did. I think right. it was right in that perfect sweet spot. Well, that was also his first album in like seven years. Um, sure. Not that. Well, he actually put out a lot of albums, I guess, before that. Um, and it's kind of set the tone for, like, the next, um, for, like, pretty much everything he's been known for since then is, is like, these really solid, well, I don't know if I'd say solid. I'll take that. I'll take that one back. Um, I think that album, Supernatural, and the one um, after it, really caught a lot of artists while they were, like you said, like while they were in their own right. moments. Right. Right. Um, I think once you get past that, uh, not so much. Yeah. Not so yeah. Much. Um, I kind of, 
I don't, I know, didn't spend a lot of time thinking about Santana before listening to this. I've never listened to a full Santana album, but I was familiar with his radio hits before Supernatural as well. Right. Um, I was familiar with, you know, the classics and whatnot, but I never yeah. really sat and thought about him as a player and listening through this album. Besides a couple earworm licks in really the two hit singles. All his playing just kind of sounds the same to me. And in a, in a couple instances, it sounded really out of place. Like the song wasn't working. Like, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the, the Everlast song didn't make any damn sense. Until no, it like didn't. Three fourths of the way through. And then all of a sudden it shifted gears and like, oh, well, they're, okay. Now they found a Santana tempo that he can work with. Right. Because up to that, it, it just like, what? Is this how? How did they put this on the album listing before Rob Thomas? I mean, Rob Thomas going to take this all the way, boys. You know, uh, <laughs> album song selection isn't just like let's put the best ones first and the worst ones last. That's not right, how right. it works. And um, um, okay, uh, okay, what were you going to say? I don't know. I forgot. What is you your took so freaking long, man? What is your least favorite track? Uh, the Eric Clapton track. Yes, um, I think. Oh my gosh, it's I mean, really it was just bad. Kind of point, it just seemed pointless. No, it's just bad, and like it's it really leans into the thing I don't like about Clapton, which makes it extra bad for me. Is that gross, like slow, slimy, like sound that cocaine lovers love? Right, and I think that was part of my problem with that track. Is it's like one, it's you know, featuring Eric Clapton and it doesn't help that I just don't have the best like reference of, of like Clapton riffs, like what he is or isn't really known for. Um, but I'll, so I'm listening to this thing and I, I think because it does that, like you said, that slow, um, lazy, whatever kind of sound, um, it kind of brings you back to like, like who, you, like, what's the point of this? Right. It's like you got. It's like you had Santana and then Eric Clapton trying to do his best Santana, which, like his best Bob Marley, just really wasn't that great. Right. I mean, oh, that's what I was going to say earlier. Uh, you know, you said that you felt like sometimes his playing was forced and it didn't really fit the feel of the song. It sounded like they just let Santana play in uh-huh. various uh-huh. time signatures to like a click track, and they're like, "Oh, we'll just chop this up and throw it into something." Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know that you're an expert in this because I was in a band with you for <laughs> four, four or five years. <laughs> that was the joke I wanted to make five minutes no, ago. No, I was having the thought, I was having the thought, like seeing how Santana plays across an entire album. It's like, it, he's fun to listen to a song at a time, but across an entire album, I'm like, I have a lot in common with Carlos Santana in that he's, lo- <laughs> no, he's locked. In his boxes, oh, yeah, yeah. he can't he can't get out of the thing he does, and that's me. And if I if I practice enough and got into the pocket that he's stuck in, mm-hmm. I would be playing like Carlos Santana. Like, I it it was a little shocking to me because he's someone just gets thrown around, just like oh oh Santana. I think here's my theory, and this is a lot like my Green Day theory, where it's like the star of Green Day is really the bass instrumentally. Yeah. Um, the, Damn straight. the star of any Santana track, any Santana track, is not mm-hmm. really his guitar. 
and I know he has something to do. I know he did, he's a percussionist as well. It's the it's the rhythm and the vibe, and that's the soul of it. That's what makes all Santana songs that are good good. Is mm-hmm. be, and that's why that Everlast song wasn't working until it got to the end. It's that that like Latin gallop that he's got to that like that like right. a Tijuana feel. <laughs> He's from Tijuana. That's not like a stereotype. Oh, okay. I was yeah. like, is that a is that a thing? I, I just, no. I, get, I I saw your face and was like, that hit wrong. <laughs> but it's the vibe of the song that's the star. And as I was listening through the album, like you could take out probably two thirds of this guitar in mm-hmm. the mix, and the song would not be any different to most people's memories because the thing that they're vibing with is not you know, these boxed licks every 15 seconds and mm-hmm. in, in between every vocal rest, another Santana ism. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I mean, that's kind of what I expected going in was lots of Santana riffs. Uh-huh. Um, but I was expecting so from- it to be more like, Oh, here's a bunch of riffs that are more custom to a wildly different style song than I usually right. play. Uh, but with my flavor, it didn't do that. It was, here's some songs and Santana played over them. <laughs> yeah. That's that's why it made uh, so much sense when uh, DJ Khaled sampled um, Maria Maria for his track um, on uh, with uh, Rihanna. Uh, it's, it made so much sense because DJ Khaled's always, like his catchphrase is, another one. <laughs> and what does Santana provide? They're like, Carlos, play a riff. And he's like, another one. And then he just, he's playing the riff. Right, right. No, it's, it's the thing I, I tell my worship band I'm, you know, when I'm playing with them. I'm just like, when you want me to start, you know, poke me with a stick. When you want me to stop, hit, hit me with it twice, you know? <laughs> it feels like something like, Santana. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be, I don't want to sound like I'm fully dissing on Santana. Like it, this is like an act where if they, if Santana was playing at the County fair and I look at the schedule, it's like, Oh, Santana's playing here in five hours and I'm already pretty tired, but I might try to stretch this day out to make it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think be a, it'd be, be a good time. Santana for free. At the I know, it, you know, before this album, you probably could have. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm sure he was county fair level before this dropped, and that's not a huge diss. There's a lot of big acts that are playing county fairs that are making a living. You know, I'm not saying he wasn't making a living. Yeah, well, th- see, there's two different kinds of county fair. Was it free county fair or was it paid county fair? You mean paid to watch the musical act or paid to get in the fair? Paid. At all? Well, yeah, no, paid to watch the musical act. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Now, I think that's a distinction more at our fair because our fairgrounds are at a racetrack where they treat oh. it like a venue as well. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So it has venue facilities. It's not just, you know, like, uh, you know, a tent land right. set up somewhere. How are we talking about county fairs now? Oh, yeah, I said. Because you said Santana he could have played at the county was fair. probably county fair, man. <laughs> but that would be an awesome time. I mean, like I said, the vibe of the songs, the full band is really the star. The percussion, the uh, the rhythm section, it's it's just a treat. Like, the songs are a treat. I can't mm-hmm. deny that. It's just I was a little taken back by 
realizing the truths of Santana as a guitarist. Yeah. I don't know if I thought you knew that, but he's a, uh, he's a, he's a pop guitarist. Sure. He's not a guitar. It's interesting to me because, because he doesn't really seem like a guitarist guitarist. Like usually guitarist stars have a little bit more range to them, I guess. You know, yeah, I, it's going to sound like I'm complimenting Joe Bonamassa, but I have to, I'd say that Joe Bonamassa is a, has much better range as a musician across what he can play. I mean, I don't like it sure. as much as I think I like Santana better because it's more simple and more actual, you know, music I'd actually listen to. Yeah. I mean, it's not awful. Right. <laughs> I was dancing. It doesn't, re- it doesn't require a dumble, but PRS, but I feel like Joe covers a wider skill set. You know, Santana's like Chuck yeah. Berry. Santana's Chuck Berry, and not enough people are saying it. He's 70s Chuck Berry. I mean, hopefully he's not, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that yet that he pees on people. <laughs> <laughs> so who should listen to this? Um, Obviously, nostalgia people. I think I, think I would say people who want a soft entry into like pop music that is going to be both familiar to them, but also, uh, not just be straight ahead, you know, pop rock. Right. Where there's a lot more, there's definitely like a a lot of non, not even non Western influences, just like non white people. Sure. Like it's, it's not, it's not, I guess, uh, I guess maybe maybe the, the word I'm looking, what's that? It's diverse. Yeah. Well, I think I was going to say maybe the word I'm looking for is it's not like blues derived. Right, right. Sure, sure. Um, what was your favorite track on it? Um, or like, or like one that you didn't know. Not you can't pick the two top. You have to pick like a track you didn't know it existed. Which was your favorite out of those? Let me. I'm gonna have to find the freaking album again. I closed all my windows. Oh, you didn't uh, like anything enough just to remember it? Like I liked the Lauren Hill one a lot. I did like the well. I'm I'm trying to like not describe. Just oh, I'll, let me describe the song to you. Oh, um, the Eagle Eye, Char- but doing that like the Eagle Eye Cherry one, I thought was cool. I didn't like that uh, one. I went back and forth on the Lauren Hill one. Uh, Again, I liked the vibe of it. It's like bringing in that the vibe of the band, and it that song had a had a different feel to it compared to the yeah. rest, and um, uh, think- it was good. And it, I think it had the least amount of Santana playing on it too. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, um, there's a track eleven, Elf El, El I think it's it is it's called. Um, uh-huh. I thought it was I really like that song. Uh, the song that I didn't hate as much as I wanted to was the Dave Matthews track. Oh, I, that was not a good start for me. I was like, ooh, this is. A lot of things I don't like. I like <laughs> I like some Dave Matthews, but not this version of Dave Matthews, and not this kind of song. Like it was, it actually was a good bookend on the on the Clapton song where it had this icky yicky feeling to me that I didn't like. So yeah, that's my take. I, I don't know, <laughs> but Whatever. you liked that Dave Matthews stuff. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I yeah, I was kind of I was in the like Dave Matthews when I was twelve. We all were. <laughs> <laughs> it's required. And <laughs> some people just don't grow out of it. You yeah. know? All right. 
Uh, we don't have a second sponsor. So no, I'm... but what we do have is housekeeping. Well, I wanted to house... say I wanted to say real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're listening and you're a brand, and uh, you think you would connect with our audience. Click the email in the description of the episode is all I'm saying. Hit us up. Hit us up and oh. let's let's talk marketing, you know? Yeah. We'll cut you a deal. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this week's uh, Patreon patron joiner, who I need to find on uh, Facebook or find – he can find me on Facebook, whatever, is uh, Jason Trowbridge at the $10 level. Um which is the inner circle, which is why he needs to find one of us on Facebook so we can get him into yes. the inner circle group. Join the club. It's, it, the, the water's great. Jump on in. Yeah. Get, get um, the pool. But uh, whether it's $10 or $1 or you just send us a song, send us a song for the end of the, sh- for the uh, yes. end of the audio version of the show. Um, you know, we appreciate everyone who tunes in, who jumps on the uh, group chat, whatever, you know, uh, makes sends Ryan messages about how he needs to eat Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> um, so go check it out. Patreon.com slash 60 cycle humcast. Yes. Um, last ad. Is that last ad? This was sent by Gavin mullet. This is a oh, strat- Stratelli. Stratelli. This is Italian, Steve Stratelli. Oh, is that, Str- is that how you're it's Str- Stratelli? For sale is a custom put together parts caster Stratelli. There you go. You did it. Thank you. A Stratelli mix in pink color. This is also like my least favorite shade of pink on guitar. Well, it's the shade of pink that I can't get because it's the same color as me. People just think <laughs> I'm naked. Uh, this is Fender MIM pickups three way switch with a balance control to use bridge uh, or center pickup. Very cool sound. Guitar shows some nicks and scratches. No case. Um, they want $475 for this. It's what it well I think the price is wrong. But I think the it's The price is wrong, Bob. I think it's correct for the amount of trouble that they went into, but I don't I I guess someone will buy it. Someone might buy this at 450. There's always a weirdo out there that'll see this and be like, "Yeah, I'm all over it." Well, here's the problem I have with what you're saying right now. Uh, this I don't think this is worth the work that they probably put into it. No, I don't think so either. I don't. Um, I don't think it's going to feel like a good guitar just based on kind of visual clues, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you mean like the fact that uh, this was probably a Squire neck, Squire Telecaster neck? Is to, right. Like that's the thing. This is a Squire neck smashed onto probably a. God, do they make a Squires in this color pink? This might be some sort of weird aftermarket body. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't look like a home spray. Otherwise, they took the rest of the parts off of like either an MIM or Squire Telecaster and just smashed it onto a... Str- Honestly, there's th- this requires... I'm looking at the way a lot of these parts are set up. This this requires barely any work to do. I'm going to make that statement. They had to cut out the spot for the Telecaster bridge plate. Yeah, um, on the pit guard. I'm pretty sure the the control plate modification is just screwed onto the top. They didn't route out the pit guard to fit that. There's no way they they don't do work that right. plane. 
So, so okay, so they put the pick. They figure out where on the body the bridge was. They cut a square on a pick guard. Got a really sharp knife. Right. You know what? Um, I keep. And these are all. And like I said, these are. They says, oh, they're Mexican pickups. Okay, whatever. Almost. I think all of the other parts on this guitar are squire. Yeah, probably. But uh, I was thinking about this wrong. I was thinking that they were blocking off a strat trim route with this and they must have had to do extra work but no and i remember you have a shot of the back it's it's string through yeah so they probably bought the actually that that might even make it more complicated than i was thinking it would i think been. i know i think this is i think this is some sort of you know warmoth build body but i think you might be right on the neck because it's got a squire vibe to it and i can't define why why look at the headstock that's why there's no, uh, there's no walnut. But I, the, oh, there's, but it still could be a, it still could be a kit neck though. And it's sanded. There was a brand there. So there was stuff sanded okay. off of the headstock. All right. Before. I'm going to trust your instinct. It's Squire. That's definitely a Squire neck. I mean, there's some of its parts. It, it, it doesn't, it probably adds up close to 450 after, you know, them tracking down parts that they didn't have, you what know, parts, br- the bridge. body, that's it. Maybe uh, like, no, cause they, if they started with a strat is what I'm saying. But they didn't. They started with all kinds of parts. I wonder how they managed the neck connection. If they oh they must have modified the pick guard. Because telly to neck telly to strat heel doesn't always work. The color of the body it's it's gotta be something other than a production guitar. It's gotta be some sort of custom order thing. You really think so? Yeah. Because I don't, I'm I'm looking at the the cut on the pit guard and like <laughs> I I would make a cut about that and there's no way I could pull off a, a smooth finish like that. So these people are definitely not com- competent to do this smooth finish. Is what I'm saying. It's my claim. It's my deduction. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The the price is debatable. I think there's a weirdo out there that would pay 450 for this. Um, yeah, there's a. I'm sure there's a weirdo who will do that. I will not disagree. Um, my, my question though, the concept I thought for this, mm-hmm. the discussion, did okay. they come put the right, did they put the best of the telly in the strat or did they put the best of the strat in the telly? Like what's, what's winning here? You're assuming you, there's another guitar. No, I'm saying like in the concept, I'm saying in the concept of this guitar, is it a better Telecaster or is it a better Strat? Like, with the parts coming over, like, which side of the DNA is winning in this? Um, maybe not in parts quality, but certainly in percentage of DNA, I think the Telecaster is winning. There's only, there's only two, there's only three Strat parts, three and a three quarters Strat parts in this guitar. The middle pickup, the pick guard, the body, the output jack. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Bingo. Bango. Right. That's it. I mean, it's basically a Nashville. So, it's, so it's, it's definitely the Telecaster. It's because a you Nashville Tele. Telecaster control plate, Telecaster bridge, Telecaster neck p- pickup, and a Telecaster neck. It's a Telecaster. I don't care what the body shape is. This is a Telecaster now. Yeah. We just changed it. What would it need to be more stratty? Yeah, I need the trim. Um, it need the trim. You do the you do the Telecaster. You do the Nashville Tele pickup loadout. 
with a fender, I mean, with a, with a strat trim, and now you're pushing it more into even territory. Strat. I would say you put this more into even territory just by not dropping the Telecaster control plate in. There's no reason, like, that's a purely aesthetic choice because the, there, it's not like, oh, what is this? It's a three pickup system. Right. Just like, I don't know, a Stratocaster. Right, right. Also, like, that, there's, there's nothing gained there. I see what they were trying to do, and they did it ugly. And I'm, I'm not a fan of how they did it. So. What the the output or the control? Yeah, the control plate it's, over. It's, the, it's a te- it's a tele control plate mounted over a strat uh, plate, and it it touches the sides in a couple of areas, and it just doesn't line up with the shape at all because it's a perfect you know like rounded uh, rectangle on top of yeah. a squished psychedelic shape. Mm-hmm. And they didn't cut out a space for it. It's just floating on top of it. It's just it's just sloppy looking. Yeah, I see what they were trying to do, but they didn't do it. If anything, I th- yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to make it better, but I don't want to think that hard. Right, right. We did it. We nailed it. What do you think the price should be for you to be interested? For not for anyone else, not for you know the freaks of the world who see this and drool over it. I'm talking for you personally. You see this pop up on Craigslist, and what's your? Yeah, I'll go get it. Price two hundred. Yeah, I I was I was thinking like one fifty, one seventy five, because with it, unless they can be like. Show me a picture of the neck stamp, and it's you know a decent build of the body and the neck. Right. There's not enough information to go on here, unless like, yeah. oh, there's clearly four hundred dollars worth of pickups in this. Certainly, this there's is not. a good flip. These there's not Mexican pickups. No, no, yeah. So that's my take. You went higher than me. I might have gone way too low for my current condition. Uh, you want to check in with your uh, with your high report, Steve? How are you feeling? I'm fine. You're fine. It I'm hit. Fine. Everything's it, fine. It hit me pretty good, probably like ten or fifteen minutes back, and I put up the mm-hmm. little, little scrolling thing down below saying, "Yes, Ryan is high right now." Okay, yeah, yeah I, I just looked at my eyes. Yes, I am high right now. <laughs> Holy! Are you, well, you want to get out of this part of the program then? Uh, yeah. Let's tell. Let's talk about um the song. You tell yeah, me for about you it, folks. Uh, listening on your podcatchers, this song was sent by Ian Ferguson. And it's called Merca. And he says this one's about Don McLean. Cool. Well, enjoy it, everyone in yeah. uh, podcast land. All you YouTubers. Uh, stay grounded. Let's stay grounded and hang out. <laughs> 